special. We're two moms with kids that have special needs. We're sharing our journey because we want you to know you are not alone. Let's get to it. Ashley and Grace podcast show. This is Kimberly. And this is Vidi. We have a very special guest today. Her mm-hmm. name is Linda Hall. She's going to share her story about her daughter with cerebral palsy. Hello, Linda. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Can you tell us your story about your daughter with cerebral palsy? Happy birthday! Thank you. Um, her name is Janai, and um, so yeah, it's been a crazy twenty-something odd year, twenty-one years now. And um, she was born with hypoplasia of the corpus callosum. So that's when the two parts of the um, brain, you know, the part of the hemisphere, uh, the part of the brain that connects the two hemispheres, isn't completely formed. And and so it takes a long time to, for the messages to get from one side of the brain to the other side of the brain. So she um, doesn't walk. She doesn't talk. She's, like, non-communicative. Um, it's really hard to figure out a way to communicate with her because um, her coordination is really off. So she doesn't, um, her motor skills are really delayed. Uh, she, we have to feed her. She has trouble feeding. She doesn't chew her food. So we have to like cut things up into little pieces for her. Um, so her degree of severity with cerebral palsy is on the higher end. Um, when you look at her, if it wasn't for her wheelchair, you probably wouldn't realize that there's anything wrong with her initially. Like when I show people pictures and stuff, they don't necessarily see anything wrong with her but then when they meet her in person because she doesn't talk she yells and she screams and um you know then it's you know and she's in a wheelchair so then it's a little more noticeable people can see that clearly you know she has a disability um she also has you know she also has epilepsy she gets seizures um her movement disorder is part of the cp like where she's very spastic and stiff and um, she jerks a lot. Um, when she's really excited, she stops her feet and she claps her hands. So, um, you know, it's been a bit of a challenge because, um, you know, I have to do everything for her. And um, it's, um, I have four kids. So she's the oldest of four kids. So it becomes more of a challenge when you're trying to, you know, take care of everyone, and she needs, you know, she needs all the extra attention. So, um, so yeah, so I started an organization called Inclusion Clubhouse okay. um, after my third baby because um, it just became really challenging to find things for the whole family. You know, when you have typical kids who are just, like, all over the place and they want to be involved and they want to do stuff, but then you have one with special needs, um, who also requires a lot of attention 
and can't do all of the things that they can do. You know, someone's always being left out. Either we're doing things that she can do or we're doing things that they can do. Right. Um, so there's always someone sitting on the sidelines. And I wanted to be able to create a space where everyone's included and there's something for everyone, um, both typical kids and those with special needs. And also to teach typical kids how to interact with those with special needs and yes. the importance of, you know, unity and coming together and, you know, how even though they may be different, they still love the same things and want to be a part of what they're doing as well. Amazing, amazing. How do you find the energy to even do that? Um, <laughs> you know, I, it's life. Uh, you know, I think what I've noticed is that one thing about us um, special needs moms and parents, we you know, we don't want anyone to look at us um, differently or, like, with pity. Like, we don't want nobody to feel sorry for us. Like, I don't right. think anyone to feel sorry. Like, life is hard, and, yeah, it's challenging, but this is life. Like, I've been doing this for 21 years. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. Like, my day is not getting easier. It's not getting harder. Um, I mean, yeah, it's gotten a little more challenging now that she's older. She's heavier, and lifting her and getting her in and out of bed and especially when she doesn't want to walk and she stiffens up and you know the, you know we're stumbling over each other and trying to prevent her from falling and we took a few diggers and we've gotten hurt and she's gotten hurt and I've gotten hurt and right. you know we get back up and we wipe you know wipe ourselves off and clean up the blood and keep it moving right. and keep pushing and you know you just find another way like okay that didn't work all right, how are we going to do this next time? That is such a um, great perspective. Yeah, I just, you know, I think that that's just how we have to look at it because it's not going to change. I mean, we can work really hard and we can help them reach the next level and get to their next goals and try to achieve them. But at the end of the day, like, this life is what it is. Like, like, I call her my forever baby. She's forever and ever going to be my baby, no matter how old she gets. Right. And um, I just have to find ways to grow with her and to um, make adjustments so that she can still experience life to the best of her ability. Like, I know, you know, she may not be able to do all the things that a typical 21-year-old would do, but, like, it's a milestone. So, for me, you know, I... um. I decided to throw her a big birthday party. Somebody was like, oh, Vegas, do Vegas. you should do Vegas. And, you know, and, and yeah, I think that that's cool, but it's, you know, it's not something that everyone could experience with her. Right. And Janai loves people. Like, mm. she just loves people. And so, like, for her 16th birthday, I created um, our special needs family prom that we do every year now. Mm-hmm. And it started off as her sweet 16. And, like, everybody loved it so much that it became like our year, you know, became our yearly fundraiser and event that everybody looked forward to. And so this year for her birthday, we're going to um, try something new and I've created Love Cella. So it's like my version of Coachella. I love it. I'm like, if she, <laughs> thank you. I was like, if she was a typical 21 year old, you know, she'd be hitting the club or, <laughs> right. go, you know, going to Coachella or, you know, going to concerts with her friends and have a boyfriend and all that stuff. And so for me, I'm like, you know what? Like, I 
there's a lot of things. And part of me is like, am I doing it for her or am I doing it for me? Because I can't have Coachella. Right. Like, is it you want Coachella or is it that I want Coachella? And it's like, but either way, like, no matter how you look at it, even though I, like, I may be doing it for her, I just feel like so many people can benefit from it. Like, it gives parents the opportunity to get out and do something different. It, it opens up our kids to, like, different experiences that maybe they wouldn't typically have access to. So, like, that's what I'm about, and that's what Inclusion Clubhouse is about, is creating environments and situations where our kids can experience life to the fullest around other kids, you know, and not, you know, not just kids with special needs, but typical kids and allowing them, you know, the opportunity to interact and just see how much fun our kids can be given their circumstances. And not only that, but teach them how to appreciate life for what it is because our kids these days, and I'm going to speak, like, on my kids, I got three. (laughs) You know, I got a 12-year-old, one that's about to be 11, and a 3-year-old. And these kids have such a sense of entitlement Mm. and lack of appreciation like, it, it, it drives me crazy at some of the stuff that, that they complain about. <laughs> you know, you, you take away their iPad and it's like the end of the world, you know, or like they get a timeout. And I'm like, man, imagine sitting your butt in that wheelchair all day long. <laughs> yeah, right. You can't do nothing. Right. But yell at people and tell them, you know, like, to get out your way. Like, yeah. come on now. Like, y'all are complaining about that. I was like, yes, you know, your sister probably wishes she could play on an iPad all day. Like, she can't even use one to communicate, which Mm -hmm. would be amazing. But, like, you're over here complaining because you didn't do your homework only taking the the iPad away. No. uh Uh-uh. Stop it. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. And I think that we as a society have gotten so disconnected. Yes. You know, even as a parent, you know, um, we just complain sometimes about the dumbest stuff yes, yes. and i will um, own it i will own it for real <laughs> yeah yeah you know and, and i you know i catch myself all the time and then i look at her and i'm like god you know i, I could just have a piece of piece of that mm. like I, you know a piece of that joy like you she's just happy all the time yes and i'm like how like how are you like i would be so frustrated now not gonna lie, like I, I have to say, so at the age of 19, I was in a really bad car accident, okay. and um, hmm. it was like really bad. Like, you know, they had to resuscitate me, bring me back. Like, I had a chest tube in, I was in a wheelchair oh for months. Like, it was really bad. So, I got a little taste of what it's like to to be disabled. And I saw, like, what it was like to be discriminated against because you're in a wheelchair. People not take you seriously, not opening doors for you, not holding doors for you, not letting you in elevators. Like, it was ridiculous at that time. And I used to get so mad, and I used to cuss people out. Mm. And, you know, and and part of me, like, I feel like I forgot that. Mm. And, you know, like, when I catch myself, I'm like, because I remember when I was in that situation, like, that is so crazy because he uses everything he like you he will use every situation you go through just look back over your life real carefully and you will see that it will be used so even that you needed to 
have that to have a glimpse into her world and that's so amazing that you can connect with her like that you know mm-hmm. i i mean like i forgot i remember when i was in in that situation i used to say like god i can't believe how much i took for granted the breath i took the air i breathed because when when I broke my ribs and it punctured my lung, mm. I was breathing at a four-year-old's capacity wow. in a 19-year-old's body. And so, like, my breaths were, like, mm. like really, really short. Like, I mm. could barely breathe. And, like, and, and just, like, I just prayed, like, oh, my God, I am never taking this for granted. I am, mm. and you know what? You grow up and you go through stuff and you forget. Right, yeah. But, like, our kids, they're in it every day. Every day. I look at her, it's 21 years. And things have not gotten easier. They've only gotten harder. Mm. And I look at her, and I'm like, God, that is strength. Yes. That is, like, mm-hmm. it is. I can't even, like, just thinking about it. Like, I'm just, like. Yeah, they're oh. definitely sent here to make us better people, I believe definitely it's like they make everybody around them better and if if people are paying attention they make us stronger and more aware of every situation and if we can be thankful you know just sit in that i just Mm -hmm. just like you said it's just amazing the things that they overcome Mm -hmm. yes it is yes it is well me i mean i have a child with cerebral palsy as well so, but it's different because, I mean, if you know, like, you will never meet another child that has cerebral palsy and it's the same. Like, it won't, you will never meet a, another kid that has this, exactly the same thing, you know? So, like, with my daughter, yeah. with my daughter, she's different, you know? Like, it's, it's different with my girl. Like, your daughter has stiffness with, like, my daughter, like, she's very weak, you know? Like, her muscles are just very weak. Like her reflection, her motor skills. She has excessive drooling. You know what I mean? And um, it's just, it's amazing to hear you speak because it's like, I know what you mean. And, you know, I go through the same thing too, you know, like those stares and, you know, like just people wondering. And, you know what I mean? Like they, they look at your, your kid like, you know, like she's an outsider. Like, and it's not, you know, because. If you know something about cerebral palsy is that they, people, I guess, assume like fast, like, oh, there's something wrong with her brain. At least, you know, from like my point of view, like my perspective with my girl, like, oh, there's something wrong with her, you know, like with her brain, like she can process things. And it's like, no, she's very bright. She is very smart. It has nothing to do with her brain. Yeah. The left side of her brain, it's, it's paralyzed, you know? A part of it but that doesn't mean that she's not bright whatsoever um if anything she is she's super smart and you know she's she like she'll tell me the most amazing things where I'm like where do you get these things from you know and it's just that it's just her her muscles you know they're they're so weak and I just wanted to ask you like um when did you find out your daughter had CP well it, it, it was really Huh. Um, for me, I was really young. I was um, 22 when I had her, and you know, my mom would say things like, 
hmm, something seems off. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I would talk to the doctor, and the doctor's like, no, 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 she's fine. Um, everything looks good. She's a little, you know, you know, she might be a little delayed, but, you know, she was a little early. I mean, she wasn't real. Like, now that I've had four kids, I know that she wasn't that early. She was only three weeks early. Right. Um, and so she wasn't that premature for there to be the amount of delay that there is. Mm-hmm. And um, because literally every single one of my kids is three weeks early, except for the last one because I had to have a C-section. Okay. And so, so that was just like the week before he was he was due. Uh-huh. Um, but all of my kids were at least two to three weeks early. Okay. So then I was like, oh, wow, and they're completely healthy. Right. So I knew it wasn't, you know, the, when she was born. So, you know, it apparently had to be, like, something happened when she was in uter. And, you know, like, they would think stuff like, you know, because as a parent, like, or as a mom, your instinct is to blame yourself, like, yeah, yeah, what did I yeah. do? Yeah. What did what I happened? do? Uh-huh. What happened? Like, did I, I should have took my prenatal pills more often right. or my iron, right. and it's like, okay. Did I have a drink? I know. <laughs> what did right. I do? Did right. I right. right. So we as parents, we as moms, because it's our job, it's our responsibility, like that child, like everything, when they're inside of us, falls on us. Ain't nobody else's responsibility but ours because we're the ones carrying them. So we're the ones who have to be responsible for everything we do and how we care for that child, like for those 10 months. And it's crazy because I remember like nine months. No, technically it's 10 months. Jesus, you're carrying a baby for 10 months. Right. Because, you know, but we, um, so we blame ourselves if there's anything wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and then the doctor's like, you know, it could have been a 24-hour virus. You could have gotten a bug and not even realized it. Mm-hmm. And, and it happened during a phase of development in which the child's brain was forming and there was a 25-hour, a 24-hour bug and it was like a hiccup. And that hiccup caused that part of the brain not to form. And I was like, wow. Right. That's insane. Mm-hmm. So basically what you're telling us is we really have no control about what happens in our body. Like, unless we put ourselves in a bubble. Right. And, you know, and it's 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 crazy, like, to you just not be able to know. So then I guess what happened is, like, a cousin of mine came from Lisbon, Portugal, and she's a doctor out there. And I guess she dealt, you know, she dealt a lot with, um, with, babies and stuff and she's like Linda there's something wrong and I'm like what are you talking about you're crazy you don't even have no kids <laughs> I didn't care that she was a doctor I was like you don't know what you're talking about but then finally um I think it was about like eight months because what she would do is like she would look at you and sometimes she would look at you but it would look like she was looking through you and like you're like staring at her eyes and I'm like Janai you see me and it just seemed like she was looking right through me. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, all right. And then her neck was still really wobbly. She couldn't hold it up. And I was like, okay, well, most kids can kind of sit up as if, you know, it was like now three or four months. Right. And yeah. um, so then I think it was around her eight-month checkup. Like, I, I took her in. It was like around eight months. I, it was before she turned a year old. And I was like, hey. You know, this seems like this isn't right. Like she's still not like 
like she should be doing some things right right, right. And so then right so then the doctor was like yeah okay so i think you know there's something going on and he referred us to like early um intervention and um had us go see a therapist and then you know we ended up going to boston children's hospital because we lived on the east coast back then and um you know they did an mi and that's where they found um that part of her brain wasn't completely developed but the crazy thing is is it wasn't until actually i don't even think it was right i think it was later i think when she was little, they only put her in early intervention. God, those years are a blur right now. Yeah. I was so young um, and had so many kids later. But um, I think, yeah, we did early intervention. But it wasn't until she was, like, three years old when, like, Children's Hospital gave her the diagnosis really? of Really? So, no, um, so not until yeah. she was three, that's when you found out she had cerebral palsy? Yeah. Okay. And no like, newborn like, screening back then? Like No. Okay. I mean, like, this was, like, 19... I mean, she was born in 1997. Okay. Um, and I think it wasn't until almost 2000, like, 99 or 2000, when they finally, like, gave her, like, the stamp of, like, the diagnosis okay. of this is what it is. Um, and I was just like, whoa. Yeah, because if I go back and look at her records, um, I don't... Because then... Uh, they started her on anti-seizure medications. They started her on anti-seizure medications to help with the movement disorder, like the spasticity and the stiffness and stuff. And it was, like, crazy because, you know, like, well, back then, we didn't really know nothing. Like, there wasn't, like, the research and Mm -hmm. stuff wasn't there. And, you know, clearly social media wasn't there. And, um... You know, so you did what your doctor told you. Right, right. You know, whatever they told you to do, you did. And then when we moved out here, like, something happened. So we moved out here when she she was four going on five. And um, I don't know, something happened. And she missed, we missed the dose of the medicine because there was, like, a lapse in the transferring over doctors and this and that. And, um... At the time, I didn't know it was because of the meds, but all of a sudden, you know, she got really, really sick and, like, running a fever, and I was just Mm. like, oh, my God, what's going on with my baby? So, like, I took her to Chalk because we lived in Orange County, and um, they were, like, you know, asked about, like, meds and all that, and, like, she was going through withdrawals. Like, she was going through withdrawals, like a a drug addict goes through withdrawals. And I was just blown away. I was like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. I was like, my baby is like four, like five. Like, how is she going through withdrawals? Like, really, really bad, really, really sick. And I was just like, whoa. But it's just insane the the things that you have to learn along the way. Right. You yes. Know? Yeah. Um, of course. Trial and error. Yeah. Well, because nobody's prepared. You never, yeah. you're, I mean, you know, like myself, I never yeah. knew my daughter, too. Like, yeah. what is CP? Like, what do you mean she has CP? What is even CP? I don't know, you know? Yeah. And you made a great point. You know, like, you know, you know one child with CP. That's it. You know one child. Right. every single child is so different. Yeah. And CP yeah. is such a broad diagnosis. Basically, it encompasses 
anything right. that has to do with the brain mm-hmm. um, and how it affects your, your muscles. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. So, so did you did you have um you had a natural birth? Yeah. Okay. So when you had her, everything was fine. Like she came out and everything was fine. Yeah, as far as I know, there was like no complications. Um, I mean, I it was all natural. I had no mm-hmm. medicine, no epidural, no nothing. Wow. It was just straight push, straight push. <laughs> okay. As a twenty-one year old. <laughs> yeah. Like 20 section with my daughter and my my birth her birth was completely different completely mm-hmm. so like my daughter had a seizure when she as soon as she came out so oh, wow. they had to give her cpr to bring her back wow yeah yeah so um yeah i mean i, under, I understand you Linda. trust women. me you know it's funny that you were talking because like i asked you like when did you find out about your daughter what's a cerebral palsy like you telling me your story, it's like similar to mine because my sister was the, she was like your mom. She's like, there's something wrong with your baby at six months. And I'm like, what do you mean there's something wrong? I'm like, no, every, every child is, you know, is different. And because of my, because of my C-section, her birth, like she had to stay in the NICU for almost a month. And, you know, like she couldn't, she couldn't feed herself. Well, she couldn't grab on my nipple or the bottle's nipple because she couldn't suck. And so she was fed through a tube either through her nose or through her mouth. And I just kept on wondering, like, why? Like, what's going on? Like, did I do something wrong? Like, what are you talking about? And the doctor told me the same thing. Well, she's going to be delayed a little bit, but with a little bit of therapy, she's going to be fine. And I was like, well, okay, I guess this was my first kid. And I'm 23 at the time, too. So I'm just going by what the doctor's saying. So then later on, my sister, like, at six months, she's like, there's something wrong with her. And I was like, no, just give her a break, you know? Eight months. No, there's something wrong with her, Vidi. She's not sitting up. She's not grabbing her bottle. This is things that a kid, like a, a baby does, you know, at this age. You know, she's knowing because she has kids of her own. So I'm like, you know what? Let me ask the pediatrician. So not until she was a year and three months that they sent me with a neurologist in LA. That's when she was diagnosed with cerebral palsy. And I was clueless. I'm like, what is cerebral palsy? Like, can you tell me? And then I Googled it and I was like, oh my God, this is what my child has. Like, I was devastated. So everybody, you can learn only later on about it usually. Yeah. yeah. I, I think with newborn screening, are they able to catch it now? Well, cerebral palsy doesn't, it, it happens 
before birth, well, I mean, before birth, well, um, well, so it's developing. To, yeah. So, um. Do you know, Linda, if they can detect it with newborn screening? I I don't think you can. Think so. I okay. don't think so, um, because it's not, it's not something that's visible. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, um, it's, it's like, I'm trying to think because, you know, like I, when it happened, then of course there's like a big gap between her and the next baby. Like there was an eight year gap at first. I was like really afraid. I'm like, yeah. hey, there's something wrong with me. If yeah. I have another mm-hmm. baby, there's going to be something wrong with my baby. Um, we didn't, you know, I didn't want to risk it. We moved to California things are so crazy out here, no family, Um, just a lot of fears. And, you know, the crazy thing is, is the the first time I got pregnant after Janai, there was was problems and there was a complication. And of course that hit me hard, like, oh my God, so real, there's something wrong with me. And, you know, with this uh, second baby, it was completely different from Janai. And it was actually when... um, you know, we were doing one of the ultrasounds, like the more, not 3D, but when they do the more intense one that mm-hmm. is part of the screening process yeah. where they have a more in-depth look. And when they did that ultrasound, they found that um, the baby had amniotic band syndrome. And what that is is when um, part of your amniotic sac um, rips or comes tears away. Um, and the bands wrap around the baby. So the baby had a band around its arm, its leg, and around the, the, the top of its skull. So when they looked at the ultrasound, you could see um, where these bands were. Wow. And the, the one on its head, you could see that the top of the head wasn't forming. So the top of the skull was missing. Oh, so the baby would have been born without the top of its head. And then because of where the bands were on its arm and its leg, I was told that the bands would have amputated oh, my God. the limbs and the baby would have been born without an arm, uh, without half of the arm and half of the leg. And I was just like, oh, my God, I cried and cried and cried, like, why me? Mm-hmm. I can't have any babies. Like, there's something wrong with me. There's always something, you know, that happens. And at that time, I was a personal trainer. Um, I was in really, really good shape. I was taking care of myself, and I was even working out while pregnant. And then I was like, oh, my God, I can't work out. I must have lifted something too heavy, and that must have caused you know, like yeah. all the stuff that goes through your head again. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what is wrong with me? And, but it just, it was, it just happened. Life happens and yes. it's so hard. Like if we're constantly trying to figure out, like, you know, unless we live in a bubble, like all we can do is do the best that we can yeah, and, yes. and pray that the baby is fine, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. but it, like it's things like that. So like when they do those types of screenings, either, like, I think it has to be visible. Like, I feel like, you know, with Down syndrome, like, it's a chromosome thing. So they can test and mm-hmm. count the number of chromosomes so they'll right. be able to tell you. Like, or, like, with ABS, you know, they can see in the ultrasound, like, okay, there's something going to be, this is going to be wrong with the baby. Um, whereas with cerebral palsy, like, 
like because every case is so different yeah. like you're really not going to know until the baby is here right. and moving or right. responding to you know because all of our ultrasounds she looked completely fine she looked healthy you know she was small but I was like well I'm little so I yeah. don't think I could have a big baby you know <laughs> right. so in you know, I at the time I just thought, well, I'm little, so she's gonna be little, and my mom was little, and she had little, you know, right. her first kid was little, so you know, it's just looking at the positives, you know, yeah. right. and um, but I, that's the thing. The good thing is though, there is a lot more screening nowadays than there was, right? You know, back then. Yeah. So that yeah. definitely helps a lot. You yeah, are be- amazing. You are. You are amazing. amazing. We're all amazing. We're all amazing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You all are, we're all amazing. Yeah, but when you hear someone else's story, you're still like, oh, I know, I know. Wow. Yeah, you of know. course, of course. So wait, before we, you know, before we wrap it up, I want to ask you about your Inclusion Clubhouse. Is it a physical place or is it just events? Tell us, fill us in. What do you have coming up? So Let here's the thing with Inclusion Clubhouse. So I started Inclusion Clubhouse, um, I think, years ago for is kind of where it all started and um it has been virtual because we don't have we did we have had a physical space and the book for inclusion clubhouse is to open a recreational center families of children with special needs awesome. kind of like you know a ymca like a really big space that will have things that cater to the child who is least able yes. um kind of like who's in a wheelchair who like you bring things to or you have to take her in order for her to participate also a space that has things things for the typical kids like dance and basketball and soccer and like all of the things that they like to do as well as classes that they can come together and do things together where we partner typical kids with kids with special needs um to do activities they like you know dancing and basketball yes yeah like the same thing the typical kids like they just might not be able to do it at the same time so you know we want to be more of like adaptive sport like their own leagues and their own teams that they can be a part of and play and and the music and theater and all of the stuff that typical kids would experience and you know have one room where all of the kids can experience the things that they love together and we as parents aren't going crazy trying to get everybody one end of, you know, the city to the other and, like, schedules and then just, like, right. airing our hair out because we can't do it all, but we're expected to do it all mm-hmm. because we are like, perfectionists and because we are people pleasers and because we are caregivers and we love everybody and everything. We want to do everything for everybody. Yes. You know, we're... <laughs>
know what that feels like exactly. day to day, that struggle. Yeah. That, like, is our life. Yeah. We want them to feel bad, but just understand and have that empathy and that compassion and know, like, okay, like, don't look at me crazy if I snap. Uh, it's not uh-huh. you. It's, I'm having one of those days. I, you yeah. just haven't seen there, right. but, like, you know. Right. Right. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, I think that that's what we need is a community. Yeah. So that's the goal. But for now, it has been virtual. And what I've been doing is I've been creating these events, like especially with prom. We had kids karaoke. We do celebrity karaoke as a sponsor. You know, we do play um last and um, to come out to our boxing event that we did. And we did that. And just creating uh, social events for our families to get together, our kids to experience different things. Um, next weekend, next Friday night, we're doing a Coachella. We'll be there. We will sure be there. I would love to meet you in person. That's going to be a celebration of Janai and celebrate her for 21 yes, years. Yes, and, You know, and, and kids love music. You know, they love dancing. So we're going to have some live performances and um, lots of vendors doing things kids, face cleaning, nail polish, um, like headband, making face tattoos, like all types of stuff. And, um, and yeah, and we have our special needs family prom that we have in June, June 9th. So that's a huge one. And the thing is, is it's for the whole family. It's just for high school kids, it's not for the older kids. Right. It literally is for the whole entire family, and everyone has to fall. They get like dressed up, and Aww. it's a lot of fun. But I just want to say, like, it's coming more like you know, we started working with Woodland Hills Indoor Soccer, um, which is where you came, Kimberly, for the event. And that's I love Chella and Yes. And they've been amazing. They want to make their soccer arena a more inclusive place. Awesome. And Clubhouse is partnering with them in space that we're going to be able to turn into a sensory room. And they have, like, a smaller arena that we can use adaptive PE and adaptive sports. And we're going to be starting, like, our own special needs soccer league. Um, So they're helping me bring Inclusion Clubhouse to react. Awesome. that we can use, even though it may not be like the big center that we want, but just a space that we can start some of our programs. At. Um, you know, create like day programs. The kids get older and get to school, like where we teach them like job skills, and they can learn how to do in the arena where. Like, you know, they can become soccer coaches or they can help with the front desk or with birthday parties or different things for based on what their needs, like what they like to do. Right. Um, you know, we would create jobs that they could do and participate and, you know, get paid and, you know, all of that good stuff, like a mentorship yeah. program. Like, so I, it, it, it's coming along, you know, this is year six and, you know, year it becomes more and more of a reality and you know the goal is someday to have you know a clubhouse everywhere whether it's like a site where you know we're just offering a few classes or whatever someone else's location or you know eventually have like this big center i love it you know everyone comes 
Okay, so we Thank got you. this Friday. This Friday. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that again. Tell, and I will share on social so, media. Uh, so um, you can you can follow Inclusion Clubhouse on all Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram. Um, the is next Friday, the 29th, um, at 7 p.m. at Woodland Hills Indoor Soccer. No, is it a um, charge? special for Janai's birthday today. What do you guys do this? Well, for today, I mean, she's been in school, and so um, thanks early, um, and I, you know, can play myself for some ice cream. But it's awesome. been late, so yeah. Really yeah, I know. So, we'll see. but this weekend, um, has school all weekend, so what we're probably going to do is Sunday after her last performance will probably just have and over and we'll do lunch and, and cut a cake for her awesome. um after after watching her sister's show so it's busy though you got four kids and you gotta figure out who you're, what you're doing right with. yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Ooh, oh my god well, it was so yes. great to yes. listen to your story coming from Another mother with cerebral palsy that, you know, her child is going through, you know, similar stuff. And then also for everybody else that has special needs kids, um, you guys are definitely not alone. So thank you very much, Linda. Yes, thank you thank for you. sharing. Thanks for having me. That's we can't awesome. wait to see you. Yes, we can't I wait for I'm next Friday. Too, and hopefully we'll get some more families to come out and it'll just be like an amazing an amazing night for everyone yes sounds yes. great linda thanks again awesome. thank, thank you, you. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.